Hello, welcome Heartfelt Leaders to Practicing Life podcast with me, your host, Ashley Pitzer. I am a fantasy author, life coach, and hypnotist, and I am against perfectionism, which is why this talk show is called Practicing. This is a place where we normalize mistakes, failures, and difficult decisions and transform them into blessings. This podcast is about sharing life lessons and the stories around overcoming them and what was learned from them. There is no one way to live life, but you can all learn from others and decide what works best for you. I am here to support, lift up, and help heartfelt leaders like you be seen. If you are ready to hear people's stories and really see them, then stay tuned. Hello, welcome, my heartfelt leaders. This is Ashley Pitzer, your host with Practicing Life Podcast. I am interviewing Rashonda Yates today. She is a food trigger specialist, and she is also the co-author of Finding Light Within, which is a collection of stories with eight other authors, all sharing their personal battles, things that they had to overcome, like facing their fears, facing their darkness, their struggles, in order to find the inner light within them. So I am very pleased to have Rashonda here. We know each other formally from a program called TCP, which is your transformational coaching program with Jim Fortin. You know, I mentioned this program like a thousand times in a case you didn't know his Be Do Have series is about to start, which is free. And I would love it if you all would join. But this is how I first came to know Rashonda. And she was somebody, I think the very first time in this program, they do a lot of Facebook lives. And the very first time she came across my feed, she had this very peaceful energy. And I, I, I actually reached out to you and let you know, because I was like, you are doing such a great job managing your energy. And here, I remember you responded back with something like, thank you. I didn't realize because you were talking about a different subject altogether. And so anyway, she is somebody who's always struck me as kind of reaching, searching, looking for that light, incorporating it in and sharing, sharing what she's learning. And as this podcast is very much about taking those life lessons and sharing it with the world, it is just a special treat to have you on my podcast and to hear your story. So welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm really excited to to do this. Well, it's going to be fun. And one of my first questions I always ask, I like to dive right in. So let's hear your story. Let's let the audience get to know you. Okay. You can well, go um, anywhere with this. So Okay. Well, I'll start with just the basic demographics, I guess. I'm I'm Rashonda Yates and I live in the New Orleans, uh, Louisiana area in the United States, in the Southern United States. Um, with my husband and our fur babies and a bird that you may hear in the background. I don't know if it's going to come across, but she can get excited sometimes. Um, and her name is Starbuck. Um, think battle, uh, let's see. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica, not coffee um, <laughs> for any sci-fi <laughs> sci nerds out there. But um <laughs> Um, so, but my story, um, and I guess I'll just kind of share succinctly because I'm sure you'll have questions that we could dive deeper into, but succinctly, my story is that I, 
um, I've always been, like you said, you, you, you know, you so beautifully kind of described it, reflected it back to me is just being always seeking, you know, always seeking something and not always knowing what it was that I was seeking. Um, and then, you know, through that search, kind of coming to know myself and love myself and accept myself in a way that um, allows me to really thrive and flourish in my life and just attract these beautiful experiences and people and, um, you know, into my life. And through that journey, I battled a lot of, you know, inner demons for sure. You know, I battled um, just, you know, not loving myself, not loving my body, not loving my skin color, um, not loving, um, and, and then, you know, through that, like, trying to get validation from, from outside of myself, from the world, from external, um, from men, you know, and really all of that kind of took its toll. And I ended up using food to comfort myself. Um, so that was a really major coping technique that I used that worked for a while. And then it just backfired on me, you know, and resulted in me, um, gaining a lot of weight, um, and just, it you know over time I realized that that was just a reflection of all this emotional weight that I was holding on to and so you know my process really led me to heal that um I talk about it as being disordered eating um and so healing disordered eating being able to release you know a significant amount of weight um and being able to just truly just feel like I can just be myself, you know, and not have to uh, crumple myself into and twist myself into whatever I think that everyone else thinks I should be. Yeah. And I, I think that's really what it all was about. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many things to touch on because like, I think one validation is something that I, I don't know as far as all cultures in general, but at least in the culture for the United States, it is something that I feel and I see is taught. And I will say as a parent, I totally, I totally fell into one of those parents without even knowing it. Like I wanted my kids to come to me and ask me if they're proud, like, and, and it's very hard now because it's a learned habit. So now even when my kids come to me and they show me their artwork or they tell me their grades, I don't say I'm proud of you because I don't want to teach them that validation. So I'm asking them, are you proud of yourself? What do you like about it? Like, you know, and I don't make it about me anymore, but I think for the longest time, you know, because it is so ingrained in our culture to seek external validation, it becomes very challenging to see it for what it is. And one of the things that you also said in there is that, I don't know if I wrote a note correctly on here, but um, you were talking about the, the, the people's opinions were determining who you should strive to be. Slightly different than a validation because the validation is a confirmation, but it also starts with like the whole okay, well, I'm going to look to you to determine like that personal power. I'm going to look to you and I'm going to give you my personal power to decide whether or not I should be X, Y, and Z, you know? And, and so it's a little bit different and it, and it does. So I would love to hear more about like some of the steps 
the tips or whatever it was for you that helped you kind of let go of that and to really turn inward and know for for you not to let somebody else determine whether your weight, your skin, um, your, your body in general mm-hmm. was lovable. That's a great question. Um, and it started for me with self-worth and that was a long journey. So it was like step one, fix your self-worth. <laughs> and I, you know, everything we were talking a little bit before we started recording and everything, nothing's a coincidence, right? I stumbled on in like looking for like the perfect, one of the patterns that I did for a long time was looking for the quote unquote perfect way of eating or looking for a perfect diet to like control my weight. Cause I thought that if I was thinner, then I would be more accepted. And I may not have consciously known, been able to say all that at the time, but you know, in reflection, I could tell that's what was happening. And so I stumbled on a website and on this website, it was um, a different approach. And on that website, the author recommended a book by Brene Brown. And Brene Brown, she talks about, um, she's she calls herself like a shame researcher slash storyteller yeah, or something it. like that. I talk she's about her on my podcast all the time. So you're in good hands. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. And like, I used to joke and say like, she's my spirit animal or something like that. Like I felt so um, like kindred. She felt like a kindred spirit to me um, when I would read her books. And that's really where the actual healing started for me because before that it was like I was just in this world of always trying to fix myself Mm -hmm. and I would say that that is where the shift happened to beginning to actually accept myself and to heal um because I started to recognize places areas of shame in my life you know and so like there's just so many different levels also that we could talk about this on right because like there's the idea that shame is like one of the lowest vibrations like the lowest frequencies and like that was one of the that so that was a a place that very short time ago I'm talking about like 10 years ago maybe 11 years ago that was my standard modus of of operating it was like in shame you know and that was reflected in my relationships first with myself because I was really destroying my body with Mm -hmm. how I was treating my body I was not truthful in my relationship so I did talk about this in my in my uh chapter in my in the co-authoring project and so it really started with like me actually opening, like Brene Brown talks about like having the light come in, shame can't tolerate the light. And so that's what, where I started to like actually begin to slowly share things, you know, and it was very slowly and I was stepping a little bit out of my comfort zone and I was still mostly hiding and mostly lying to myself and others, but I started to, you know, share things with friends and say, you know, this is something I struggle with and Mm -hmm. have being able to have 
them say, oh my God, like I struggle with that too. Like that's, that's where I started, you know? Well, I was just going to say, I I feel like you're fortunate to have the people that were willing to also step up and say that they shared it too, instead of maybe belittling you or dismissing your thoughts or, you know, trying to rewrite your thoughts. Like, no, 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 no. Like you got that wrong. Like just accept yourself for how you are. Don't change. Like, right. Yeah. That's an interesting, that's so interesting. I thank you for saying that because it really, I think I do take for granted a lot of times who, who's in my life, you know? Um, and I, you know, so I can't, I don't know. I don't know that experience. I don't know that experience of actually being vulnerable with someone and having them either shut me down or try to dismiss it or talk me out of it. Like, that's just not an experience I've had. And I don't know if it's because, you know, um, I'm just lucky. Like, I just happen to have these people in my life around me who are that way. Or if it's like, you know, when I, I do think that a lot of times we're fearful of sharing those kinds of things because of we think that okay like if I share this someone's going to um be dismissive or they're going to use it against me because we think of it as being weakness you know Mm -hmm. um but it was it was so empowering for me because I started to realize like oh wow when I share this other people they open up too they open up back to me you know, and it started to embolden me to, to start speaking about those things a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So I, yeah, I am very fortunate (laughs) that that's the experience that I had. Yeah, I will, I will kind of um, reciprocate what I can from a different experience. So like you came to Brene Brown from a different perspective. I came to her more through, um, struggling in my marriage and that relationship. And so I was listening to like all of her podcasts. I was reading her books. I was doing whatever I could to help me understand like why, you know, I had this amazing marriage and I somehow seemed to have lost myself in it. And I just felt like a slave and a servant and that I was just there to please everybody else. And there was no me anymore. And like, I stood for nothing. So like when you were talking about, oh, like I was like, what I mentioned, like, oh, you you didn't have to worry about being dismissed. People like me who didn't have any boundaries, like attracted people who expected me to have no boundaries, you know? And so, um, it's really it, it is interesting what we all go through, but from like a weight standpoint, like I would tell you that I, you didn't know this about me. I don't think anyway, but I, I have been in the fitness industry for 10 plus years. Like I've been teaching yoga, teaching weightlifting, all of this stuff. I was a personal trainer. So, so many people have come to me for weight loss and it doesn't matter the age. It really doesn't. It could be a 13-year-old and it could be a 99-year-old. You know, well, sometimes the 90-year-olds want to gain weight because they're they're now fragile, but there's some that are still plus size and want to lose weight as well. But anyway, I mean, I sat there and I watched all of these people struggle with this and um, 
it, it was a reoccurring theme. I just saw it everywhere. And I had so many people come to me to lose weight for their wedding or to be like the bridesmaid in a wedding or, you know, because they were trying to um, do some type of event that they really wanted to look good for or um, getting a tummy tuck. They wanted to lose weight to get a tummy tuck, but it didn't matter because after that event, they slowly reverted back to their old behaviors. Now, this is before me becoming a coach, and this is before me becoming a hypnotist, and this is before me really doing my own self-work, but I never understood the whole identity issue that was going on in the, the pains and the hurts. And so, like, you know, I don't, I don't do personal training anymore, but even in my hypnosis, the number one thing I have people coming to me for is for weight loss. And I know a lot of people don't like to work. Well, many hypnotists don't like to work with people doing weight loss because it's not something that you can go to people and say, well, we're just going to remove food from your diet. <laughs> you know, like you're just going to like, you're just like, you're going to stop smoking. You're just not going to participate in this behavior. You're going to set a boundary and that person's no longer going to be in your life. You can't do that with food. And food does have this emotional trigger with it because of the way our society has been taught you know, to use it as a coping skill. So um, there's a lot of things that I can relate to my own personal journey. Like I was, as a person, I did not recognize, um, like, okay, when I taught yoga, I was all about honor your body, honor your body. And I would, if something hurt me, I would honor my body. You get me out on the field and I'm running for a triathlon. And I, I twist, this is, this is how it was. I tore my meniscus in the middle of a triathlon and a, and a half iron man. I tore it as I got off my bike, but I was so determined to finish this uh, event that I ran while I dragged my leg behind me for 13.1 miles run walking, tore my meniscus even more, not honoring my body whatsoever because there was something greater at risk for me. There was this shame of, I, I would fail. I would not meet my expectations. I would not be good enough. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of work that we all go through on some yeah. level. Right. I mean, there's so many different levels, you know, and like, it's so interesting to use those words. You said, you know, this the the greater thing at stake was the shame about failure you know so it comes right back around to that and I actually wrote those words down um like a couple of days ago I was like it's really not the fear of failure it's the fear of the shame and that pain mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it's so interesting um and I know that there's a lot of people who are who are still there and like I what I really want people to know is that, you know, if you desire to leave that place, if you have that desire in your heart, it is 100% possible to leave that place <laughs> and eventually be free of that place, you know, because I, I literally now I can't tell you the last time I felt shame. I literally don't remember the last time I felt that emotion. And that used to be, like I said, that was, that was the way that I walked through the world at one point, not that long ago. <laughs> well, and that, that was actually one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up to you because what I've noticed anyway, is that with shame, um, my light keeps time <laughs> with shame, 
it, it, you you can become so familiar with it that it becomes unrecognizable. Mm. And so, you know, it's um it's it's like for instance, I'm going to relate this to something else in my my life that I've had to work through. My my father was financially abusive. And so I married somebody who became like, who, who wasn't that way in the beginning. Cause we were both broke when we first got married, we're 22, right out of college. Neither one of us had money. We had debt. <laughs> so anyway, but as we started to attribute to having money, he, he had the same tendencies as my father, but I never recognized it as financial abuse because it was familiar. It was known. It was part of my childhood, blah, blah, blah. It's like, so like there's, there's things I see where people don't recognize and mm. I, even when I'm writing my books, I'm constantly asking myself and searching because I, I have to ask myself, well, is this what is known to me, you know, versus somebody else? If somebody was looking at this from like a, a different perspective, what would they really be seeing? Mm. So, and then like, and I think that's interesting because then, then like when you're talking about, you know, you don't feel shame anymore. <laughs> this is the way my mind works. So you have to apologize, but like now no, you're, you're like, but there's so shame has, has shades. Okay. Like you have the darkest shade and that's what we call shade shame. And then the, the lightest aspect of it is guilt. And so, and then it's like, well, what do you feel now? If you don't feel shame, like what comes up for you now? You know, like, mm-hmm. That is a really great question. I love that. I, I You're making me like, think about things in a different way. So I really love this. Um, and I think like, for me, shame is so, um, I want to say visceral. I think that's what I, that's, that's the word that came first. So I'll just go with it. Um, and, uh, we've learned, um, I know, you know, a lot about this because you're a hypnotist as well. Um, but the, the whole, different the way that the different ways that we process you know um for me I'm extremely uh a feeler so I'm a kinesthetic processor and so the way that I identify shame is it's a body Mm -hmm. feeling it's an identification that I feel it um like you know if I go back to um how I used to really feel it it was And it was just, it was like this wave that would start down low and just kind of rise up into my solar plexus. And it would like spread like this warm liquid all over my body. And of course there would be whatever stories that I'm attaching to that, you know, I'm I'm a bad person. I'm not good enough. I suck, whatever it is like my, in fact, that was definitely the PG version of whatever I would say to myself. It was like horrifying. So I think, you know, what you're saying totally resonates with me, like that it's, that it's a spectrum and it goes from like, you know, at one end there's like just guilt. I shouldn't say just guilt, but there's guilt. And then at another end there's shame and there's all these gradients in between that makes sense to me. And that resonates to me too. And what I would say is, what do I feel now to your question? I feel whatever I feel. That's my answer. I feel what I feel. 
Yeah. Now that's different from 10 years ago because I would feel what I feel and I would say to myself all those things like I I'm fat I'm lazy I will never do this I'll never nothing will ever change I can't you know Mm -hmm. it was it was those things that were keeping me stuck in those lower vibrations that I and and so it was creating this stuckness in my life Mm -hmm. versus now if if those feelings come up I just move through them now so I feel like a tingling in my sternum, you know, um, and like a hundred percent transparency, like even like you bringing that up, you know, in my life, like I have this old story about trying to seem smart or, you know, trying to like, I always want to be able to express myself just perfectly and always be understood. And, you know, so like someone asking me a question to clarify, even like you just did, um, that, that brings up something for me from my past. And I felt it, I felt it in my solar plexus, but the difference is I can be with it and I can move through it, you know? And I choose my words very carefully. I don't say move past it. I say move through it because I know that I'm letting that be. I'm letting, I'm just letting it be what it is. It's like mm-hmm. without judging it mm-hmm. and like, just like allowing everything, just allowing everything to be, you know? And so that's the best way I could answer that. <laughs> I, I'm going to just uh, take a coaching moment for my audience. <laughs> So, because, because it is really important and I love that what you said. And, um, so this is where I am too. So this is me, you know, my, you know, vulnerability too, is just that, that this is where I am as well. Emotions come up for me sometimes really, really uncomfortable spider webs, like attacking my lungs, uncomfortable. And I recognize it in my work is stopping the judgment because as soon as I can stop the judgment and just allow the emotions to be the allow the be all of the words that you're expressing, right? As soon as I can stop the judgment, then it just is emotions. And I'm not making it mean anything other than there's sensations going on in my body that I am uncomfortable with, that I can, I can acknowledge that I'm uncomfortable with, but I don't have to say that they have to go away right now or that, that it means whatever the situation is, because I I could feel that same way, that same fear coming up in my body. And it could be from 15 different, different scenarios in one day, you know, it can be from seeing my kid fall down and get hurt. It could see from somebody like you're saying somebody um, asking a clarifying question and you're being like well crap or or like the other the last podcast I just did I mispronounced the guy's name <laughs> so, you know, like, so many things come up right and now I'm just you know I'm like hmm, that's there that's there so just as a teaching moment for everybody there that is literally the work. And then if you're really awesome, there's people out there that like Rashonda and I know, like Mary Lou and Jim Fortin and all the amazing team members on the Jim Fortin that they not only acknowledge that it's there, but they can transition through it lightning fast, lightning fast. 
And I think that in certain ways I can do that really well. I am somebody who can move my attention pretty darn fast. But the point for me anyway, is not to move my attention. My The point is to be okay with it just as it is. And um, so I don't know, like, even though I'm really, <laughs> I'm a pro at moving my attention. That's my coping skill. I had it since I was a child. It's really learning to stay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm relating so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking my language. Yeah. I had the same thing. And I, now I think it's for me, I'm at a place where I'm in a yes and place it's like yeah yeah you know um I want to be with whatever it is and I want to focus my attention where I want my attention to be <laughs> I want to direct my energy where I want my energies to go in a you know when you in terms of like being productive in the world right mm-hmm. um so yeah it's all about finding that that balance yeah it is. Everything's a balance. And one of the, the, one of the things that I started to incorporate probably in my second round of TCP better and my third, you know, but, um, was that I had to let go of making everything right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop myself now all the time. Like if you get into a disagreement with somebody, and I think the, one of the biggest triggers for me that I still have to work on is just like, I don't have to explain myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to make myself right. I don't have to make them wrong. I don't have to make, convince them that, like, like you're saying, I don't have to convince them that I'm smart, that I'm eloquent, that I have my stuff together. And I purposely tell people now all the time this is my opinion today. Ask me in two weeks. It might be different. I'm growing. <laughs> like, I love know, that. <laughs> I'm not holding on to anything anymore. I'm just like, gotta that's let it wonderful. Go. Gotta let it go. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny, like, and I was, that's something that was coming up for me earlier today on a walk, um, you know, along the same lines. Um, because like me and my husband, for example, we think very differently. We have very, very different ways of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me and the way that I live and, you know, some of the things that I could talk about with like you, for example, or other people um, who are in that program, TCP, um, you know, if I talk to my husband, he's going to look at me like I'm an alien, you know, he's like, not, that is not his language or anything. And so, you know, just letting go of like trying to, you know, get him to understand, oh, um, yes. you know, mm-hmm. that is something that, you know, came up for me today of like letting, letting go of that. Um, and so that's, I was just mentioning the um synchronicity in that that you brought that example up <laughs> well, we're just gonna go there for a second because we're here so um part of my journey with my marriage was that you know I had asked for a divorce I considered him to be a narcissist coaches psychologist counselors all told me the same thing all told me to leave him I made the effort to leave him. And so, you know, he really fought to keep the relationship 
also something a narcissist would do, right? These are patterns that the world tells us to look for or whatever to expect. But anyway, in, in our story, you know, he went to um, coaching uh, to work through this issue. I went through my own coaching to work on my issues of standing up for myself, having boundaries, speaking my voice, you know, feeling comfortable, you know, not being at my kid and his becking call, you know, like choosing myself, right? I went through all of this. And so anyway, we are now like two years past this. And um, despite saying to you that I'm literally working and I have been working on for several months, not being right and all of these things, um, we had a fight come up a few weeks ago, a disagreement, whatever you want to call it. I'm more I'm more vocal about what I call things, but anyway, and so I, I was asking him some questions and, um, anyway, you know, he came back and I was like, no, that doesn't make sense because you said X, Y, Z. And so I'm getting into this right or wrong category. And so he's coming back and I'm like, you were effing gaslighting me. Like, it just like hit me. Right. Because I've gone through all of this training now to, um, to recognize this. And so I'm just like, this is the definition of gaslighting. And then he blows up and then I'm like, get away from me. Right. We're literally in public having the scene. <laughs> and so anyway, he goes his way. I go my way. Um, I get into a calm place. I meditate. I think about it reflectively and I come back and I'm like, okay, I don't care what the society calls this. This was me trying to be right. This was me trying to prove what I heard. And it, I don't need to prove that to him. I know what I heard. He can think whatever he wants to think. That's none of my business. And so I ended up writing him an email and being like, you know what? I, you think this, I think this, we don't have to agree. I'm okay with it are you okay with it? <laughs> like, he comes back and he's like, yeah, I'm cool. Thank you. <laughs> and it's like the fight was gone. Neither one of us changed anything in that situation. Right. We just accepted it. Yeah. I love that story so much. <laughs> Cause like, that's exactly, that's a great illustration of exactly what I have been like learning. That's my growth. That's one of my growth areas right now, which it's like, you know, it comes back over time. So another path of my healing is my relationship as well. And I, you know, I kind of briefly talk about it in my chapter and um, finding light within, but I only kind of briefly allude to it because I wanted to focus on one thing, but so at some other point, I'm going to come back and write about like this as well. But like, I used to be very um, controlling, but in a like really um, like subversive way. I think that's the word. It's like where you are doing it, but it's like under the radar where it looks like you're trying to be helpful, you know, okay. and trying to be supportive, yeah. but really it was like a manipulative thing. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And I would try to manipulate my husband, you know, I was like, that was, that's you know, covert. maybe I was the more, what's that's that? Covert. That's covert. That's covert. Covert. Yeah. Covert. yeah. That's, that's it. Covert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So and I went, like, I briefly went down this path of like, am I a narcissist? You know, 
And um, then I was reading about like, if you, if you think that you're a narcissist, you're probably not. And so then I got off that path, which is probably a good thing because that probably wouldn't have been good for me um, with all the shame that I already had. (laughs) But I, yeah. And so like, you know, I started to realize I started, one of the things I started to heal was that um, like I was manipulating him because really I was denying my own needs. And so I would be trying to get my, my needs met, but in a covert way, like I wouldn't just come out and say, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that I wanted Mm -hmm. and I would expect him to know it. And then I would try to get, I would try to change him, you know, in a manipulative way to get him to be whatever I wanted him to be. And so, but now I think, you know, the level that I'm at now is like, I've, um, I've, I'm much better at expressing my own needs and I accept myself and like an extension of that is like fully accepting him as he is. And it's like knowing that that's okay, you know? And like one of the reasons I think that we're together, like, you know, the reason we, I was first attracted to him is because he's so accepting, you know? And it like made me like, there was a time when I was like, man, a realization I had was he accepts me for who I am and he always has, you know, even if he thinks I'm like off the deep end about like, you know, something that I talk about, he still accepts me. Yeah. (laughs) So why am I over here trying to get him to think the way that I think so that he can be acceptable to me, you know? Yeah. And so that's, yeah, but I'm still learning to do that right now for sure. I hear you. Well, again, that's us, that's us fighting our, our patterns that we've been taught. So I, I understand that. So can I ask you, I mean, you can say no on this, but, uh, one of the things you said was accepting your skin color. Is that something you want to talk about? Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't talk about it much, but, um, I'd be happy to, um, I, so I guess for the first thing that comes up for me, um, in thinking about that is, middle school because I'm sure like I'm sure everyone can relate to that middle school is where a lot of stuff goes down right and (laughs) um but at the time was that a years yeah oh my gosh it's tumultuous years right and um at that time we were in me and my family were living in a city that is known it's known for being like a little bit more racist than other places in this area. So I'm living in Louisiana and I won't name the city. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, like I had race, racial um, hostility directed toward me when I was very young. So um, one memory that sticks out is we were, in this neighborhood and um one day we come out and we had a station wagon and on the side of the station wagon somebody had attempted which we always joke about this uh, or we did for a long time someone had attempted to write the n-word on our car oh my gosh but they misspelled it they only they they (laughs) they left out one of the g's (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah we we had we joked about that for a while and you know um like we would do these candy sales in school you know the fundraisers like selling the world's finest chocolate or whatever and 
I was trying to like go door to door and somebody kicked me off their property and, you know, hurled the racial slurs at me and told me to, you know, get the bleep yeah. bleep off their property and stuff like that. So, you know, I had the racial hostility. Um, I had those experiences. And then um, just, I think like there was a confluence of different messages that I got and I made up whatever, for whatever reason, my mind of like how I should be I interpreting the world. I thought that it would be much better if I was a thin white girl. (laughs) And you know, that's every model basically is no, right. Every model, but a large percentage. Yeah. Especially at that time. Cause like when I was, you know, that was the, um, late eighties, early nineties. So, you know, in middle school, there was, and I, I talk about this, um, in my story. So there was this girl, I won't name her on here. I think I named her, but, (laughs) um, she, she called me big butt in middle school. And so like, I don't know, somehow, I'm not exactly sure, but somehow I started to get this idea of like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a black girl with a big butt and that's not okay. You know, yeah, because, because of so, the way they treated you about it. Do you know what I mean? The way they treated me? Yes. But I don't know wh- how I put it together. Like yeah. I can't trace back and yeah. put those dots together. But you're right. It was, yeah, it was, it was the way that I was treated. It was the way that it was the messages that I got from the world around me. Mm-hmm. And so, and then also there's another layer to this because I also received a lot of messages that I wasn't acceptable to people who were, who had the same skin color as me because yeah, people would say that I was trying to be white because of how I spoke. Um, And that just comes from my parents. Like my parents were both, my mom was college educated, very intelligent. My dad self-educated, very intelligent. And they just spoke a certain way. And I just grew up speaking like they spoke, but people would interpret that as me trying to be white, but how that, I think that that meant trying to be better than them. Yeah, that's what they were making it mean. Right, exactly. And so I, you know, so my story was, I don't belong anywhere. <laughs> that was like basically my my story as a kid. Um, And so, you know, I, it took me a long time to really be able to look at myself in the mirror and love my my dark skin and love my, you know, my features and to see them as beautiful. I mean, really. And like, um, this is a little bit off topic, but it's coming in my mind. So I'm just going to say it. Um, I, the other day I watched a Netflix special, um, with Viola Davis and she was, uh, it was an interview with Oprah. Yeah. I know. Like she, I am just in awe of her you know? yeah, And just what she's overcome and like, and just what she does. And I think like she was in this show that was a hit series called how to get away with murder. 
and I I was absorbed in it. I get absorbed in that kind of stuff. It's like it's got mystery, it's got drama, it's got suspense, it's got all this stuff. A whodunit, like everything. And um, but there's this one moment that she insisted on having where she takes off her makeup and she takes off her wig. And so her wig is like, you know, this straight pressed hair wig. Mm-hmm. And she takes off everything on camera and strips down to her, just herself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was a powerful moment that I didn't even realize how powerful it was because, and she talks about in the Oprah special that, you know, without realizing it, we're waiting for to see ourselves in stories to see ourselves show up in stories and when we do see ourselves show up in stories it's like there's something about that there's something about that moment of like oh okay like I have a story that's worth telling too you know Mm -hmm. and for some people that is really something that will be a catalyst for them you know and for me when I saw that by the time I saw that scene I was already on that trajectory thankfully I was already coming into that but I just really appreciate when people do that when people will be intentional about you know showing up completely authentic whoever they are whatever their skin color it really doesn't matter because at at the core we all want the same things we all feel the same things you know it's just that we have this illusion that we're separate. And I truly don't believe that. I truly believe that we're just all the same. But we have these different experiences in life, you know, that when people can relate to them and say, oh my gosh, like, thank you. You helped me to feel seen. And that's why I, I really love her. I have like a strong woman crush <laughs> on Viola Davis. <laughs> Go for it. She, Plus, she, it was said that she would play me in the story of my life oh, years wow. ago. So I yeah. loved it. Yes. Well, it's so one of the things that you had talked about before we got onto this podcast was um, just about um, when you wrote your book, you know, you wanted it to, to help people, you know, to serve people. And you kind of put it out into the world and let it be. And, you know, you've kind of you've had other things on your mind, but now it's like circling back to you and that you've kind of gotten the message that your book is helping people and what a rewarding experience that is. I mean, I, I set out the intentions to do X, Y, and Z to serve the world, you know, and, um, it is always really exciting when it comes back to you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It is a very full circle moment happening <laughs> right now because that's true. And I'm I'm so, I feel just so honored and like really humbled, you know, and you're right. It's like, and I think that's what all of this work is really about for all, you know, all of us who are, you know, seeking to, to grow and to really find whatever that thing is, you know, spoiler alert uh, spoiler alert it's you like that you're the thing that you're looking for (laughs) but when we do that when we find that I think it's just so natural to want to share it Mm -hmm. maybe that's just me but to me it's just so natural to want to share it and bring other people along with you but um 
Yeah, I'm just, I mean, thank you for having me on here too, because it allows me to do that even more. And, you know, I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, that's the point of the podcast. I want everyone to be able to share their story and to allow people to connect. I mean, I'm just like you. I mean, I had the same childhood stories that I didn't belong. I mean, even, even probably up to like three or four years ago, I had this message in my head that I didn't belong anywhere. And so I was just going to stay in my little bubble. My little bubble is perfectly content. (laughs) You know, I've gotten used to it, you know? And so, um, and the the, the thing about it is, is it's, it's confusing. It's confusing sometimes because, um, like this, this is something for me. This is the way I think. So I'm not. I'm not saying everybody has to think like me or agree with what I am saying, but like, I remember having a conversation when I was in yoga school. So this is more than 10 years ago. And I was talking to one of my fellow yoga students and I, he was going to school for, to be a counselor and he was close to finishing. And so I came to him, like counsel me, like help me here. I don't understand. I don't understand why. I may not agree with what you're choosing to do, but I still want to be friends with you, but I can't be friends with you because we have to be the same. I don't understand that. And I remember reaching out to him and I'm I'm like, why, why? I don't, I don't need you to mirror me back. I love you for you. Can you not love me for me? Like I was so confused. And I just think in general, there is confusion out there because we feel the safest when people do mirror us back Mm -hmm. but I guess I'm not looking for safety I'm looking for connection and that's different (laughs) yeah so and maybe maybe it's navigating understanding that difference you know yeah and just being willing to be uh, you know coming back to the discomfort of you know, we, we might disagree and that might bring up discomfort. Does that mean I, I need to throw the baby out with the bath water? You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always been one, I guess like your husband, I've always been one of the people that are very accepting. And that's one of the reasons that made me such a great yoga instructor, because it, a lot of people who have come to yoga have not everybody, because some people treat it for exercise and I did for a long time, but a lot of people are coming there almost as a therapeutic use, like not only to make their body stronger, but also just to set in the quiet and to hear their thoughts and to be alone with themselves in a group, you know? And um, a lot of people, when you sit down and you get to know your students, I mean, their stories are heartbreaking. They've had heartbreaking experiences. And, and so I've just, in general, I've always been a very accepting person And so I don't like, I don't always understand the opposite side of it, but that's okay too. You know, like I don't need to understand, you know, like I'm just going to keep loving because that's it. The end of the day, it's my energy and it's how I manage it. And I rather love than hate. So, right. We, I had this discussion with someone recently about who was, I don't even remember where it was. I think it was maybe someone at a store or something who was talking about, you know, some racist, oh, it was someone, it was a coworker um, who was talking about like, 
they don't understand people who have racism in their hearts, you know? And I was like, you know what? I just, the at the end of the day, I'm like, it just, I don't have the energy for it. Like, I don't, I can't spend my energy on, on that. And I can't spend my energy on worrying about people who don't like me for my skin color. You know, I just don't have the energy for it. I, I can't give my energy to that situation, <laughs> you know? And I think it's similar to what you're saying. It's like, I... I don't harbor any hate for anyone. I don't, you know, even people who were hateful towards me don't harbor any hate for them. I'm like, okay, they, you know, they have their perspective. They have their experience. I'm sure they have reasons why they feel the way they do. You know, does that make them right? doesn't matter because, you know, I just, there's no point in me concerning myself with it and yeah I used to really get myself all twisted up in my mind trying to figure out like how I could help somebody change their mind you know yeah yeah, I hear you yeah Um, and uh, it's just not worth it no it does take a lot of energy to try to change somebody and really there's enough work just on me (laughs) just been working on changing me and stopping my judgments and whatnot that's enough that's that keeps me pretty occupied so and I'm a I'm a laser focused type of girl anyway so my attention is usually on the prize that I'm working towards so whatever Mm -hmm. that may be um so when you do you do coaching full-time then I'm I don't do it full-time I'm not sure what you're what you mean by that but, okay, for your um, like food trigger specialist. Uh, are you asking me if I coach people? Just like, is mm-hmm. that an offering that I have? Yes, it is. Okay. But I, I don't do it like 40 hours a week. I'm, <laughs> I'm a multi-passionate person. I have um several things that I do. Um, But yeah, that's one of the things that I help people with. It is... Oh um. I'm sorry. Oh, like you? Don't like me. Tell me all your multi-fashions now. I have to know because I know I see you playing oh guitar and yes. recording and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm a musician. Um, my background is education and music. So I'm I'm a performer slash educator. Um, I, you know, I work with um in my my coaching branch, I work with um, primarily like ambitious women who have a mission in the world, who are service hearted and um, service led to help them to free up that mental bandwidth that's so important so that they can, you know, operate at their highest level and serve at the highest level. Um, and I, I'm a writer, as you know, so. Right. Yes. I and I have. Straight, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and a published freaking author like I I love saying that (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I have a podcast as well so Mm -hmm. there's just there's a lot of things that but you know at the end of the day I guess they all do have a central theme which is just people service um and being just in that that energy of being with other people and serving them and just facilitating like joy and mm-hmm. um in different ways that's really what it all comes down to I love it 
I love it. And I, I say the same thing too. I'm like, oh, cause I kind of have four branches. I don't even account my podcast, but I, and I say, I say, um, I'm just a storyteller. I'm either telling your story, your subconscious story. I'm rewriting that story. Like I'm rewriting right. the story that you're telling yourself in your head, or I'm writing the story that you're going to read. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. That's perfect. You can sum it all up in one word. <laughs> yeah. it's a, a storyteller and uh, so um you know a lot of people give me a hard time because I was selective mutism so I didn't speak for the longest time and even when I did speak I would whisper and then I've had to go through so many you know coaching and facing this uh, the fear of talking talking out loud being heard being seen and so yeah now I just now I'm here sharing everybody's story with them. So I'm not even alone doing it. We're sharing it together. Oh, that's amazing. And it's exciting. I actually want to talk to you more about that offline, like after this. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll wrap up here because I know we're kind of hitting our time. And I wanted to tell everybody listening today that first of all, I'm going to link some stuff in the show notes so that you can go right to Amazon and find the book, Finding the Light Within. And you can read these nine amazing authors' stories. Rashonda's is in there. Um, her contact information for, I'll put Instagram and stuff so that you can go in and you can reach her directly, whatever you may be meaning of, because Rashonda is here to serve you. And if you want something right now, immediately, she has a four-step one hour long audio training to help with food and cravings. And that is at RashondaYates.com slash cravings. So to everybody that stayed with us to the end, thank you so much. I adore you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to you guys reaching out to Rashonda and hearing the stories and whatnot. And we will see you next week. Say goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for staying with me to the end of the podcast. My intention is for you to receive valuable content that leads you to create the life you desire. I certainly love sharing my gifts with you. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with your friends and loved ones if you found value in it? Also, it would be so helpful if you could leave a five-star review on Apple. I would greatly appreciate it. If you would like to be interviewed on this podcast, if you have a topic that you would like me to cover, or if you would like to work one-on-one -on -one with me, then DM me on my socials. Everything you need to find me is in the show notes. Make it a great day.